Hi, and welcome to the Postal Affairs Podcast, your source for the latest news on postal and mailing solutions, featuring your host, Alex Murcia, and Director of Postal Affairs, Bob Schimmick. Welcome to our Quadian Postal Affairs Podcast. This is a recording for the week of October 15th. This is your host, Alex Murcia, and I'm here again with our awesome Postal Affairs Director, Bob Schimmick. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. How are you doing? I am doing good. So I hear that you have uh, very important information for our listeners today. Um, we do. So what about we get started? Yep, that sounds good. Yeah, we we definitely got plenty to talk about today. So yes, yeah, so, yeah. So first topic is in regards to the price change. So finally, the USPS announced the 2019 price change. So what about you tell us a little bit more about this, Bob, because I'm really interested to hear. Yes. So um, this is something that we have kind of, you know, we've kind of been talking about in previous podcasts, you know, speculating that this change would, this price change would be com coming now that the Postal Service actually has uh, two Board of Governors that are officially in place now. And so, yes, it, our, our speculation has come true and the Postal Service has officially filed for their 2019 price increase. Um, we had also kind of speculated that it would be a relatively vanilla filing, but um, it turns out there are a few interesting twists and turns in, in this price change that I, I don't think uh, many of us saw coming. So we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time covering some of the more interesting highlights around this. So uh, first of all, the overall size of the price increase for the market dominant products you're going to see is roughly two and a half percent. The thing to keep in mind though is that that market dominant price cap of two and a half percent is done at a class level. So individual prices within a class you're going to see some interesting uh, changes being made. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a few of those. So uh, two and a half percent at the class level, but individual rates will vary uh, some more dramatically than others. Um, so where things stand right now is uh, with the filing officially occurred with the PRC, which is the Postal Regulatory uh, Commission, it is their job now to review the, the changes and to approve them. And that approval is expected essentially by the week of November 12th. And part of that, mostly that is based off of the past price changes and, and the time frame that the PRC turns them around. So by the week of November 12th, you know, we should know if there's any tweaks or adjustments that needed to be made or if they have been officially approved and we're moving forward. And even if they have to do, end up making a couple of tweaks, we do, uh, I don't expect this date to change. I, I expect it to be pretty solid. And that is the new prices are going to go into effect on January 27th, 2019. So for those of you that are, are budgeting for, for next year, um, that is when the new prices are gonna go into effect. So uh, plan on that. When was the price change filed? I'm it, not sure. It was, well, uh, since we're recording, it was officially filed on October 10th. October 10th. Okay, that makes sense. So they have about a month 
to review and approve, right? Yeah, I think it. I think they typically get like 30 days for the competitive products, which we haven't talked about yet, and then 34, 35 days for the market dominant products, and that's typically what we see. So then that's where I think it was like I think the official dates are like uh, November. It's right like a Friday, and then the following Tuesday is kind of when it's expected that the PRC would come back with their with their official okay on that. Yeah, and for everybody who's listening, I hear the USPS is proposing an interesting change for, for first class letters. I know that they're asking for the biggest price jump on stamps in it, in its history. And I was, I think it's from 50 cents to 55 cents. Is that correct, Bob? Yeah, so, yep. That is definitely one of the things that we wanted to call out. So yeah, it's a 10% a increase in the first class stamp, you know, and so, yeah, we're, so for everyone out there, now's the time to go out and buy your forever <laughs> stamps before, How could I go do that? <laughs> before January 27th, 2019, stock up on forever stamps because yeah, otherwise you're going to be paying five cents more per stamp. Um, the other thing that's interesting uh, related to that also is, um, you know, there's the price, the price for the stamp and that covers the first ounce, but then there's also uh, the price for an addition for the additional ounces if you have a, for example, if you're mailing a heavier letter. And um, for the additional ounces, the Postal Service actually dropped the price from 21 cents for the additional ounce down to 15 cents for the additional ounce. Huh, so, interesting. Yeah, so for those that are mailing, you know, lots, you know, again, these are retail prices or stamp prices, but, you know, for anyone that's mailing some of the bigger, heavier stuff, that additional ounce charge actually went down. So if we look at just kind of first-class mail in general, a couple of other things that are interesting to point out is that single-piece flats remain at $1, you know, and one thing that was interesting with current prices, the ones that are in place right now, is the letter stamp was 50, you know, is 50 cents, and for flats, it was a dollar. So all you had to do is put essentially two stamps on it, and it covered the postage. Uh, now, with this next price change, that's no longer going to be the case because, you know, two stamps would be a buck ten when really you only have to pay a dollar. Odds are if someone is mailing a flat, they might just you know, put two stamps on it anyway, and that's yeah. just a little extra revenue that the Postal Service will get. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, uh, and then also the other interesting part looking at postcards is that they remain unchanged, uh, and so they are currently at 35 cents and staying at 35 cents as well. So it's kind of like the Postal Service put all the rate authority, a big chunk of the rate authority, at least for the retail rates, uh, on that on the stamp in, in increase. But you know, for many of our listeners that are you know first class mailers, they're they're dealing more with the automation rates and stuff like that, and and those um, are 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 not seen as dramatic of, of a change, and so they fall closer in line with that two and a half percent increase. Now, looking ahead to marketing mail, uh, I would say the changes there were not as dramatic as some of the ones that we were talking about in first class. However, um, there there were winners and losers, and I would I would propose that for this price change, the big loser was high density and saturation rates, in that they took a bigger than average hit uh, for this increase, where 
uh, letters are coming in at 3.8% increase and flats are coming in at 3.6% increase. Again, that's for high density and saturation rates. So that's, I would say, the other big loser um, for marketing mail would be EDDM. So EDDM is every door direct mail retail. Uh, the price on that is going to be going up 5.1%. So that's a, a essentially double, you know, the the cap for the for the class at two and a half percent. So that that's a pretty steep change. And then the other thing to call out here in marketing mail that's very interesting is the postal service did change the full service discount. Um, where it's being increased to three-tenths of a cent. And so currently um, in today's prices, it's three-tenths of a cent for first-class mail, but it's only a tenth of a cent for uh, marketing mail. And so now with this price change, the Postal Service is increasing that full-service discount from a tenth of a cent to three-tenths of a cent. So that is, uh, that's the first time they've done made a change since the full service discount was originally introduced. So that's kind of an interesting is an interesting item to call out. All right, so next, if we wanna talk a little bit about periodicals, this one, uh, periodicals is, is, is an interesting animal in that uh, the process <laughs> of calculating, <laughs> The process of calculating postage is, is really complicated in the periodical world because there's a component of the postage that is paid based on a per piece cost. There is a component of postage that's kind of based on a per pound cost. There's a component of postage that is based off of how many bundles you made. And then there's a component of postage that is, you know, the number of sacks or pallets that were created. And then ultimately you add all of that up and you get your total postage for, for your mailing. Well, when all of these different things are all being changed, it's hard to, you know, say, oh, what is that really going to mean? So just talking about it at kind of a, at a, a higher level, in general, heavier weight publications will see their postage go up by less than CPI. So, you know, they should see increases. So the heavier publications are going to likely see the increase being somewhat less than two and a half percent. For smaller publications, lighter publications, low volume publications, they're going to see uh, price, their, the price for their mailings go up higher than CPI. So they're going to be above, likely see uh, increases over the two and a half percent. So that's kind of how the winners and losers for periodicals is going to break out um, with this next price change. So that's kind of the high level uh, interesting items uh, for the market dominant products. Um, now to take a little bit of time to talk about competitive prices. Uh, the thing to keep in mind here now with competitive prices is since they are competitive that means that they are not uh, they're not on they do not fall under the CPI cap and so uh, the Postal Service is free to change those prices to what essentially whatever the market will, will bear and so uh, historically we have seen competitive prices increase at a rate higher than CPI yeah. and that trend is definitely continuing um, 
there again, there were some definite winners and losers in the competitive prices. The ones that are getting hit with the biggest increases, uh, we're seeing Priority Mail, which is a popular uh, product, is going up 5.9%, so almost 6%. Um, the really, really big losers is Parcel Select Lightweight and First Class Package Services. Both of those are going up 12.3%. So those are fairly dramatic changes. The other thing that's interesting with first class package service is that they are introducing now zone-based pricing. So any products that are that support first class parcels, this is gonna be a, a pretty big change on software side as far as the logic for calculating postage because before it was kind of just a, a, a fixed rate where now we have to do, now it's gonna be zone-based zone pricing. And then the other thing that they're also changing and introducing is what is referred to as dim weight pricing. And for those that may not be familiar with that, it's essentially um, for lighter packages that are essentially you know, they're big and light, so they take up a lot of space, but they're not a lot of weight. There's two ways that you have to calculate postage. One is you calculate postage based purely off the weight, but then there's, you do what is called dimensional pricing, where you are essentially measuring the, the length, the height, the width, the girth of the package, and then multiplying it and dividing it with this factor, and you come up with a postage amount for that. And whichever one is greater, you have to is the one you have to use. So then, for uh, these lighter packages, they now fall under this dim weight uh, calculation for calculating postage. And so everyone just has to realize that that this new dim weight uh, calculation applies to priority mail. Priority Mail Express and Parcel Select. So there's definitely some bigger changes that need to be accounted for here around that. And so we we have a little bit of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on the other hand, it looks like we will have a full calendar of promotion promotions, which I know a lot of people have been waiting to know about. Yes, that is a good point. Yeah, along with this. Uh, price filing, it also included a essentially a full slate of promotions. And so uh, anyone, for, for many of us, this will be flashback to 2017. Uh, essentially what the Postal Service did was they brought back all the same promotions that they had in, in 2017 with a couple of minor exceptions, well, not exceptions, but some additional new requirements were put in place around a few of them. So, for example, uh, earned value was something that uh, the Postal Service was very was a very popular incentive program back in 2017. Um, for they are bringing back earned value. They've changed the amount a little bit. If I remember right, earned value last year was like five cents per piece uh, for the business mail reply. Um, this year, or for 2019 promotion, it's only going to be three cents, but then they're also putting on the additional requirement that they're looking at the volume that you had this year, 2018, and you have to be essentially at or above that same volume to qualify for the promotion. They're actually drawing the threshold at 95% 
of this year's volume. So if you fall below that 95%, you do not qualify for the promotion at all. You get none of it. Where if you essentially, you know, essentially maintain this year's volume or increase it, then you're going to get that three cents per piece. And so that one uh, is, is going to be one that people are going to be, need to take a closer look at. Um, so just to quickly walk through for those that may not be familiar with what the promotions were back in 2017, you know, we already talked about earned value. Uh, there's also the personalized and pre-printed color trans promo. There's the emerging and advanced technology. There's tactile, sensory, and interactive engagement and mobile shopping. Now, thing to keep in mind is these uh, apply at different points in time throughout the year so they've they've already put the calendar out with the the date ranges for each one of these and then some of these don't apply to all mail some of it is you know first class only some of its marketing mail only and then the last thing to talk about is they are introducing a new um, promotion for 2019 that is informed delivery so uh, I know we've been talking a lot about informed delivery on and off uh, here and so this is going to be a 2% off the top of your postage just by doing informed delivery and you know we just came off of not that long ago National PCC week and it was interesting because that was a very very hot topic by the Postal Service uh, for anyone that attended a PCC event that week uh, you probably got the full dose of, of informed delivery and and so this is something that's going to be very interesting and it's really not a lot of work to put together so like one of the PCC events I went I attended um, they actually put together you know granted they had kind of done their homework ahead of time but you can put together an informed delivery campaign in in like three minutes you know granted you got to have all all your content ready to go and make sure that it's good but the actual process of actually going on to Postal Service uh, port, informed delivery portal and setting up the campaign can literally be done in three minutes. And you know, if you're if you're talking two percent off of your total postage bill just for a couple minutes of work, I think that can, that one could be a very popular program. Well, and not only that, like you can even uh, go beyond with your marketing campaigns by using that. Like the other day, I received a. Uh, you know, my normal informed delivery emails in the morning. And now they're scanning in color. And if you click on that, you could do like a 20% discount on whatever the company was selling, you know, at that, at that time. And so you could run your own promotions. And at the same time, you could get a discount, you know, for yep. a promotion. So that's that's a pretty good deal. And I think I, I'm pretty aware what they're doing is to increase adoption of that, of that you know, of that functionality in informed delivery, which makes sense. So if you can get some... Um, some people in your marketing team to help you with that. I think it's a good way to tweak and add something different to your marketing campaigns to to get better results or to make it stand out. Because what I've seen is most people are not using, um, they're not using that functionality yet. And I think it's just about differentiation, right? Right. And, and I'll be, you know, like I've been in, signed up for informed delivery for, for geez a couple of years now probably uh, as soon as it was available i signed up for it and i've only seen a handful you know yeah. probably less than a dozen at this point of actually uh informed delivery mail pieces where you get the full color image the call to action and you know the other thing that people should realize is you know when they make 
when they enable their mailings with informed delivery, um, that also puts you right at the top of, the, you know, you're the first mail piece image that gets shown in that email. And so I know there is, a, you know, some kind, I think as this gets more and more popular, there could be more and more competition for, you know, getting to the top of that email and being that first image seen. And, you know, right now I can pretty much guarantee you if you, if you do inform delivery, it's going to be full color and it's going to be the first one you see. Yeah, for sure. I think I've only gotten two. So, I think yeah. I, I've gotten like six, but yeah, it's, there's only been a couple. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I thought they were really cool. It's it's so nice to see uh, and nice to see the integration in Omnichannel, you know, um, and how they're running these promotions so how they're trying to get in touch with their audience. So it's really interesting. But we have another topic, and it's in regards to the marketing mail federal register. So. Tell us a little bit more about that, Bob. Yes, so we've talked about this on the previous podcast, and and you know, just to for those that maybe haven't heard about this yet, just to quickly rewind, the Postal Service came out with an advance notice of proposed rulemaking, and they, it was a, I will say, relatively poorly written, and it was very broad. And scared the heck out of everyone in the industry because the proposal was, hey, we're kind of looking at marketing mail and we're thinking about making a change that would say anything that is sent at marketing mail rates must be paper-based. And that there's all kinds of things being sent via marketing mail that is not paper at all, you know, plastic membership cards, little trinkets, uh, nonprofits yeah. do a number of creative things, sending little trinkets and tokens uh, in along with the with their marketing mail pieces. So everyone in the industry kind of had a coronary, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and we recently came off of MTAC where that was a very hot topic. Um, there was a push from several different industry associations. Uh, to essentially withdraw, asking the Postal Service to withdraw that Federal Register notice uh, just to help alleviate all the concern and, and that this is generated. Um, and then as industry was providing this pushback, the Postal Service came out with a clarification that kind of said, well, you know, we, we're, we're not going to withdraw the Federal Register notice. We still want everyone's feedback. And, you know, if we were going to make a change, we wouldn't make the change until 2020 at the earliest. Well, I don't know that that necessarily helped the Postal Service because what it, what I, partly what happened is for those that may not be as plugged in, they saw if they saw that 2020 date, they would start. Some started thinking, well, I guess that's you know 2020 is the time frame that I've got to get out of the mail, and obviously that is the last thing that we want to have happen, and so. Um, one of the things that uh, happened after that clarification came out was that um, 17 industry associations came together, signed a letter, sent it to Postmaster Megan Brennan, again asking her to rescind that Federal Register notice. And, and essentially that is, that has not happened. Uh, Megan noted that they will not be pulling the Federal Register notice and their goal is getting broad stakeholder input. 
Yeah, and I believe the remind uh, the deadline is uh, October twenty second, right? Yes. Yes, you are correct. So the deadline for providing industry feedback is October twenty second, and the thing to keep in mind too is that it is very easy to provide feedback with this being an advanced federal register notice. Uh, the responses can just be sent in via email. I mean, obviously mail would be best, but you know, <laughs> email <laughs> is an acceptable way of providing comment. And it was noted even at MTAC that uh, the Postal Service has received even so far uh, 30, over 3,600 responses. And I would encourage, even though they've already gotten that much, they noted that you know there was a, a number of them that were form letters, and I think the nonprofit world did a really nice job of getting the word out, and and essentially had a lot of the nonprofits took a templated letter and and sent it all off. But they also noted that there was also around a hundred unique comments, and so I would highly encourage anyone that's listening to this, if you know obviously if marketing mail is important to your organization to respond to that Federal Register notice. Again, deadline is October 22nd for that. Um, Megan noted um, that once the comment period closes, then they will be actively engaging with MTAC through the use of task teams and work groups to really start working this issue. Um, so what we will likely, see, what we are hopeful to happen, so I'm, I'm putting my MTAC hat on now, what we're mm -hmm. hoping is that we can very quickly identify items that um, are off the table, you know, that we can very quickly say, this is not the issue, this is not the concern, um, we're not going to put any additional restrictions around X, and create different categories where we can say, there is going to be no regulatory changes for this type of mail, and really try and narrow in on what is the specific areas of concern that the Postal Service has around certain types of mail pieces that they're obviously having trouble processing within their network through marketing mail today. Um, so MTAC will be working to narrow the scope and hopefully you know, really focus on what the core issues are. And this is something that we will continue to monitor and provide updates as we move forward. So hopefully, you know, like I said, as we get start, as MTAC engages with, with the Postal Service on this, we can provide updates on how things are progressing, what areas are being focused on, and, and if there are certain things that we can just take off the table and say, nope, we don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. So how how long do you think it will it will take for MTAC to uh, work you know through the task teams and work groups to figure out the feedback that was received? I think it's going to be one of those things that is is definitely going to carry into 2019. Um, I guess I I would you know this is purely hypothetical. Great question. I would say that this is something that could run you know through the first half of the year potentially as far as just kind of getting the discussions, getting the groups formed, having the needed conversations, and, and coming up with a set of recommendations. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and with that, we'll wrap up this episode here. Um, our next episode will be on the week of October 29th, so the week of Halloween. I'll bury one is getting ready for Halloween, getting their decorations up and all the candy purchased. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Bob, for your update. 
um, for anyone who's listening, if you'd like for us to cover any specific topic or if you have any questions, please don't forget to email us at postalaffairsaquarium.com. Uh, in the meantime, please stay tuned. To all of our listeners, again, thank you for tuning into the Aquarium Postal Affairs Podcast and we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Bob. Bye.